Welcome to Then You Ruined It, a podcast where two dorks try not to make a simple conversation weird and fail every time. When I was in high school, my senior year, I took biology. It was actually for my friend's aunt, and she was one of those kooky fun teachers. You know how you always got to have a kooky fun teacher? Uh, yeah, sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. Well, in this case, it worked out. Okay. She was cool. So she taught uh, advanced biology to seniors, and she also taught just regular biology to sophomores. And every year, she did this big, huge project that she had her advanced class set up. So we helped her set it up, and it was a full two-scale replica of the human digestive system that she made the sophomores crawl through. This took up the entire auditorium. Go through the stomach and then you crawl through all these like large intestines and small intestines and then you have to climb out the butthole because that is the end of the human digestive process. There were so many sophomores who refused to go out the butthole. They're just like, no, I'm not going to go out the butthole. That's gross. You're like, well, where did you think this was ending? It's the human digestive system. I mean, it's a good teaching moment. That's how you get to, you know, like, no, 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 that's called butt chugging and we don't want to do that. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you do that. Now watch this person go back up and then that's right. They come out the mouth and the eyes. Yes, that's very bad. Don't do that. Wait, 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 wait. What, what's butt chugging? When you, I, uh, uh, what? I would assume that sticking a bottle in your butt and drinking from the other end. Yes. That's got to go somewhere. That's not going to go to your stomach. That's got to go. It's just going to go right out your butt. It's not going to go the whole way up and out, is it? Does it? I, I don't know. Well, it, if I had this giant set where I could have figured it out for myself, maybe I would have known. Go out the butthole all day long. Come on. What's wrong with you, sophomores? Yeah. I mean... Like, you're sophomores. You're not high on the food chain. Why do you want to paint yourself with a red letter? <laughs> Come on, sophomore. You think you're too good for a butthole? What's wrong with you? Yeah, basically. Like, what is the deal? That's such a weird hang-up to have. Especially for, like, I, I know that's probably not actually the case. It's not actually how it happened. But I like imagining that the entire class of sophomores just banded together and like, Yes, we refuse to go through the butthole. That is our stand. Heck, no, we won't go through the butthole. Heck, no, we won't go through the butthole. Awkward chant, but they're sophomores, so what do you expect? <laughs> The seniors got their act together. Going through the butthole. Woo! <laughs> Going through the butthole. We couldn't wait to go through the butthole. That was the highlight of the whole experience was going through the butthole. Of course. It, it was like a, I don't know how she made it, but it was like super stretchy. So it was like a rectum. So <laughs> Are we talking like Ace Ventura when nature calls rectum? <laughs> Not quite that tight, but yeah, you know. Okay. Like a rectum after a long day of chili. Yeah, I, I imagine that thing was probably destroyed by the time the project was done or whatever. So is this the thing she put up every year? Oh, yeah. I would imagine the butthole needed repairs every year. Because I would imagine <laughs> it, was a, it was a popular destination for the kids at the high school. That is a dicey sentence I just put together there. <laughs> I mean, there's differences between sons and daughters, and I'm getting to the point now where I fear that difference more than ever before, because stereotypically, this is all stereotypically, there are always going to be exceptions, and different boys do different things, and different girls do different things, and some people aren't boys or girls. All that's out in the open. Okay. There are certain things that generally boys do differently than girls, and the general stereotype is that boys are worse from age 0 to 10, and then girls are worse from age 10 to 18. Yes. And... My son is starting to puberty out all over the place, and... <laughs> oh, son, get that off the table. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm pubertying out. 
he's just having emotional outbursts is what I mean. And yeah, I will go in, I will father, I will parent like a boss and I will just resolve the conflicts. I will bring peace between my family. And I'm like, nailed it. And then I look at my daughter and I'm like, in four years, you're going to destroy me. <laughs> there will be nothing I can do to stop you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's where my daughter is at right now. She's only in third grade, where I feel like that shouldn't start yet, but I don't know if the pandemic brought it on earlier or what, but it's a terror in a lot of ways. And then I look at him, and he's a terror in a different way, and it's just like, oh. You had your kids out of order. You have a boy first, so that you don't have both bad at the same time. You did it backwards. My apologies, I didn't know that. Let me reverse time and talk to my wife's vagina and say, (laughs) okay, now listen. Here's the deal. <laughs> you know it's not her fault. It comes down to you. Okay. Your semen's what made her a girl. I need to look down and have a talk. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, here's the deal. <laughs> I know you want to output a yaya, <laughs> but we need you to put out a wee wee first. <laughs> I don't know why I assume my sperm are simpler creatures, so they need to hear it in simpler terms. What? <laughs> Would they know the technical terms? Can I just say, don't put out a vagina, put out a penis? I don't know. I assume my sperm are like children. They, they would be children. I don't know. That's a weird thing my brain just did. <laughs> Tried to correct something for me. I'm like, I don't think it needs to be corrected. <laughs> no, I think this is right. This is how you talk to sperm. No, I think I nailed it. No need for a second take. <laughs> Wrapped it up in one. You're welcome. I'm a good sperm talker. Yeah, yeahs and wee wees. Like you leaving the room when you feel like you've just parented the hell out of a situation. <laughs> Boom! Nailed it. So we had, just in my friend's backyard, there were all those various hills. There was a creek that went through it where once one of his brothers got cut on the face... And so we thought that was the most dangerous place. I'm sure he just got whacked in the face with a stick because, you know, that's what kids do. Yeah. They hit each other with sticks. Oh, yeah. But we thought it was full of like goblins or quicksand. So that was one area. Across the street was a little copse of trees that we were very convinced was where the bloods and the crypts would hang out. <laughs> Sorry, the secret gang wars going on in the woods of Idaho. That is an expose I would love to read slash watch. <laughs> Have I told you about this? I don't think so, because I probably remember Bloods and Crips gang war in Idaho. (laughs) So my friend's dad was a cop, so he knew everything about gangs. He didn't know anything about gangs. Trust me, that that is implicitly understood here. So we found this really cool area where there was some bushes and a, a tree overhanging it. It was like a great little secret kid hideout. Sweet, this is right across the place where we break rocks looking for gold. This is the perfect place for us to hang out, because that's what we did after school, is we would break rocks hoping to find gold. Man, you're just full of knowledge and wonder. <laughs> One of these things much more in copious supply than the other. But, okay, breaking up rocks, get gold. Gotcha. Hey, we found something shiny that we were convinced was gold, <laughs> and so we thought we were going to be rich, is we were going to break enough rocks and get the gold and sell it and get a nintendo oh the things we keep from our parents and if they found out would be like oh you sweet idiots no i told my parents that i'm like mom dad you don't have to buy me a nintendo i'm gonna go break rocks until i get enough gold and they're like we weren't gonna buy you a nintendo you go break rocks (laughs) 
you keep that up. This will keep him busy. You let me know when you've got that Nintendo urn, son. <laughs> Come back with crap loads of just shiny rocks. Is this enough? So anyway, so we had this area where we would break rocks. And then right across the street was this nice little copse of trees. So we went there a few times. And then one time we went there and there were two other kids. And this was unheard of. We didn't know these kids. We're like, who are you kids? And we started talking. And I, I'm viewing this experience vicariously through my adult self. These kids were probably two or three years older than us and knew they could get rid of these punk kids who were in their fort by lying to them. So they told us that they were members of the Crips. And this was their hideout where they would plan their stuff against the Bloods. And my friend whose dad was a cop was like, Dude, this is serious. We gotta form our own gang to protect ourselves from the Bloods and the Crips. Yes, we meet at Crips HQ out in the woods. This is where we plan our offensives against the Bloods, our sworn enemies in Idaho. <laughs> no, it all checks out. Continue. So we were planned out our own gang. Our colors were going to be green and brown. Okay, literally shitty colors, but okay. <laughs> well, because our plan was that we weren't going to cheat and use guns like those bloods and crips we were going to make our own weapons out of natural things that we could find so you're gonna fight the bloods and the crips with their guns with your sticks because let's be real yes. your kids you're gonna make them out of sticks you're not gonna find anything else you're not gonna fashion a bow you're gonna hit them with a stick we learned how to make stone axes via flint napping which is the process that ancient man used of knocking two rocks together to sharpen it into some sort of rudimentary blade. Primitive man had way more patience than the average <laughs> eight-year-old boy. So we spent a couple weeks doing this, and then we went down to our fort, which we still went to the same one. Even though we knew the crypts were there, we would just check to see if they were there. And there was a note to the tree that said, Get the F out, crypts. Signed, the Bloods. <laughs> So we got freaked out and we never went back there. In the days before the internet and smartphones, that's how the Bloods and the Crips had to communicate with one another. <laughs> Notes stuck to a tree with a knife or something. <laughs> Staples. <laughs> Gotta get the message across to the Crips. Yeah, I know. All right, where are we going to put it? I don't know. That tree? Yeah, that looks good. Yo, man, you got something to stick it to? Tommy, you got your stapler? You know it. <laughs> Staple, staple, boom. Crips are on notice. <laughs> Sign it so they know it's from us. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, uh, we never went back there. We um, we built another fort in a different gully. Like, okay, well, this, this place is too hardcore for us. Let's build another fort. <laughs> Honey, there's too many bloods and crips living here. We have to move. <laughs> Go to a nicer place, a safer place. All right, put on your imagination hat. Always on. Okay, awesome. You're on a desert island, middle of nowhere, no hope of rescue, okay? I just wanted to scream immediately as soon as you said that, because that's what my I would imagine I would be doing on a deserted island, but okay. Okay, so you scream for a bit, and your screaming attracts the attention of a lovely mermaid. She comes up on shore, and she says, Weary traveler, I'm here to save you. I will take you to my kingdom. I will teach you to breathe water like us, and you will live in the world of the merfolk forever. And you get a big smile on your face and other places, and you get ready to go, and then a coconut falls and lands on her head and kills her instantly. Which half do you eat first? The fish half or the person half? 
I mean, that went places. Hang on. <laughs> First, you said I was smiling and uh, on my face and in other places. Well, it's mermaid. I can. Uh, I get that. I'm just saying I was processing that when you killed her <laughs> and asked me to eat her, and so I'm asking you to give me a moment. <laughs> I want to mourn this poor creature that I was about to try and have sex with before I decide which half I'm going to eat first. I mean, there's no question there, right? You eat the fish half first because I'm much, much more apt to roast a fish than I am to roast a human. And that's basically what the top half of a mermaid is. Correct. The top half is a person and the bottom half is a fish. That's how mermaids work. You're not wrong. However, you are wrong in your order of operations here because here's what you're not thinking. If you eat the fish, Fish half first, because you're right. That is the first instinct. Oh, I don't want to eat a person. I'll eat a fish. Here's the problem. Let's say you eat the fish half, and then you get, a boat comes and rescues you, and you have a half a person that you obviously ate the other half of. People are going to think you're a cannibal. If you eat the person half first, and then people come rescue you, you just got half a fish there, and they're like, oh, you caught a big fish. Good on you. And you can go back to society as a person, not as a cannibal. Well, uh, that that's not an issue for me, because if you've ever actually caught fish and then cleaned them and ate them, you know that you have to get the scales off first. So I'm going to have the scales there as evidence. Those scales would not have come from a human, so I'll be like, oh, well, yeah, see, it was clearly a worm- mermaid. I just ate the, the fishy half because I was hungry, yo, and that, that this, this, this is... No, you could have just caught a fish and ate a person a at the same giant time. giant fish. There are fish the size of people butts. Yeah, not one I'm going to catch on a deserted island. Like You have to go out in the water, and I don't know how far out the, the shore on this island goes before it just drops off, but <laughs> I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to be like, okay, going out, going out, yeah, I'm going to go in the shallow water and fish, and then, ah! And just drown, and that was that. <laughs> I forgot you can't swim. Nope, this whole thing is terrifying <laughs> to me. So when, when she said, you know, come with me and uh, come to my world and I'll teach you how to swim and breathe underwater and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to stay here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my chances here, dog. I will stay here and die rather than learn to swim. That's what you're saying. I mean, good luck. It's going to be a very sad montage. It's going to be like every other montage of anybody else has ever taught me to swim. <laughs> Lift your butt. No, no, your butt out of the water. See, you float. You float. Why, is, why isn't your butt going up? Just seriously, just float. Why can't you float? So I used to think it was weird for adults not to know how to swim. I figured that was just a thing that people do. Now, I don't swim well. I was ashamed of how poorly I could swim until I started talking to other people. And I realized there's a lot of people like you out there. And then I ended up marrying one. My wife can't swim at all. But my family does a lot of water stuff. So while we were still dating, my mom got my then girlfriend, now wife, a life jacket. And that's when my wife decided, hey, this family wants me to stay around. They're literally trying to make me not die. I was surprised I never got anything like that from my wife's family because they definitely knew at some point that I could not swim. They want you to die. I mean, it's hard not to think that way. You know? It's the exact opposite. Like, we're like, this person's coming into our family. We want to take care of her. Here's a life jacket. Their family's like, maybe if we don't do anything, he'll just die and she can try again. Sure, that's dark and mean, but... Oh, I've killed a mermaid today. That's not the most dark and mean thing. <laughs> True. And then immediately asked, all right, it's dead. Which half are you going to eat? Well, 
because you gotta eat something. And the thing that just died in front of you that you were considering having sex with is clearly going to be the first one. First off, I did not tell you you had to have sex with her. That was entirely your addition to this hypothetical. You're the one who made it boner related. I think that's exactly what you meant. Never. Let's call a spade a spade. Don't, don't put innuendos in my mouth. No, I'm not putting anything in your mouth. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I have no idea what a fish's penis is called. <laughs> it's not an innuendo. <laughs> We're all dancing around this. We know the reason you're fighting this so hard is because you pee in the show. Because it makes sense. It does not. Why would I waste the toilet flush? I listened to Captain Planet. He told me to pee in the shower. If you read between the lines. Outside of that, we're, we're not going to read between the lines of Captain Planet because he's pretty literal. He states the fact that he wants you to know and things he wants you to do. And that's pretty much where it ends with Captain Planet. There's no reading between <laughs> the lines. There's definitely some reading between the lines. So, yes, he comes out and says like, hey, you know what you should do? Recycle. You know what you should not do? Pollute. But you know what he says in between the lines? If someone pollutes, you can kill them. <laughs> also, pee in the shower. It saves water. We're the planeteers. Murder. And then the Russian chick's like, yes, I approve of this message. Pee in the shower. Using Captain Planet as your reasoning for why you get to pee in the shower is ludicrous on so many levels, but we're also here, so we're going to talk about it. Your reason for not is I don't want to get pee on my wife's shower gel. I don't want to get pee anywhere in the shower. That's where I go to get clean. Pee is not clean. Point it at the hole, okay? Same as when you're at a urinal. Aim. It's not like a hole, though. It's not meant to take this liquid. That is literally what a shower drain is designed for, is to take liquid. Yes. Drain water, not urine. (laughs) What is the difference? You know that you've peed there, and now you've got pee everywhere. And by everywhere, I'm meaning like an inch from the bottom of the shower, and then the entire floor of the shower. No, you it goes in a hole, you sick... What? I don't have a hole in my shower. Where does the water go? I have a drain, but it's not a hole. It's a very, very tiny, narrow hole. And if I was able to aim at that, then I might as well take a run on the dang Death Star. Just like peeing on Womp Rats back home. Trying to hit this exhaust port, and I missed, and now it's all over the curtain, honey. But if you miss, it's just gonna be right next to it in the water that stands there while you shower and go down the hole. The whole shower system is this much water comes in, this much water comes out. And you can actually add a little bit more water to the out portion of that, and it will be fine. Flushing it down the toilet, as you're supposed to, is also fine. It is fine. But if you're going to be putting the water out that section anyway, you can pee and lather your hair at the same time and... Get your day started sooner. I already have an odd sequence that I do in the shower. I would get off sequence and end up peeing in the soap and then putting it on my body. I'm like, oh no, I did this wrong. Oh, what am I doing? Just wander out of the shower completely naked with soap all over me and pee dripping off. It's like, I did something wrong. (laughs) Go ahead. Try to bring that back. I don't even know where I was going. No, you don't. But it's fine. I am amazed. I have never met another man who does not pee in the shower. Oh, I've I've met several. This is the dividing line. This is where we part ways. This is where the podcast ends. Not with you sleeping naked, but with me peeing in the shower. I mean, luckily, we are uh, almost an entirely country between us, so no, that doesn't have to be the case. If we lived near one another, then yes, this would be where the friendship (laughs) ends. I can't trust that you're not just covered in urine all the time. (laughs) 
So when you were in high school, how did you and your friends resolve disputes about who got shotgun? It was definitely an alpha dog. And he was bigger for the most part. And he was definitely the one that was like, if he said he got shotgun, then he got shotgun because he could beat the rest of us up. But there was no formal arbitration process or anything like that. No, we we didn't really have a thing. It was kind of, if you are not happy with somebody in the group, then just leave for the day and come back tomorrow. (laughs) That's perfectly reasonable. We were a little more, we had a system and that system was parking lot sumo wrestling. Okay. Did you get the suits? Did the suits exist back then? I don't know. So you just would draw a circle in the parking lot and you just sumo it out on the concrete. Yeah, we would just find the closest empty parking spot and the two people who disputed the situation would square up. We did what we thought was a sumo thing. It was like a very inappropriate combination of the sumo stomp and the haka. And then we would smash into each other and whoever could push the other one out first would get shotgun. Okay. So what is the group size we're talking about here? We would grow between three people to ten people. I was just understood that this is how we sell our disputes. First rule about Sumo Club, tell everyone about Sumo Club because we're really into Sumo Club. Second rule, don't call it Sumo Club. That's offensive to the people that actually like Sumo. (laughs) So we've heard. I remember I watched a thing about the American Sumo Wrestling Championship on ESPN late one night. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Just one dude pushes the other dude out of a circle. Okay. I can do that. And I told my friends about it. And they're like, this is how we live our lives now is we just push each other out of shapes. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> You're so close to forming UFC, but not quite there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're fighting in the hexagon. Nope, not quite. More sides. Uh, decagon. Nope, again, so close. <laughs> It worked great for a while, but then one of my friends just started, you know, every group of high schoolers has to have a fat friend. He grew into that role. And so he became very good at parking lot sumo. He would e-honda your ass. Yeah. The fast hands. It's like, oh, God, okay, you get shotgun. I don't care anymore. Just go to McDonald's. Jesus. No, it was just like you'd go up on him full thing. He'd grab you and chuck you. He also played offensive line for the high school football team. So he'd just like square up and just yeet you right out of that spot and he would never call shotgun he would always call challenge because that was more fun it'd be funny if one of your friends had to to do the decagon for the fight this time and they had eye problems so they drew it way too big (laughs) (laughs) you guys just get exhausted before anybody gets forced out to bring a conclusion to this whole parking lot sumo club it definitely sounds like a hardy boys novel (laughs) parking lot sumo club What the hell was wrong with them? We think they were all on drugs. It's more of a Dr. Phil, just kind of like, can you fix these kids? (laughs) This is how they solve their problems. So my one friend was definitely the the king. He was our Yokozuna. He was the one who could get what he wanted because he was the big guy. So one time, my friend who never called shotgun called shotgun. And of course, big guy's like, challenge. And we're like, ooh, this will be interesting. He never does it. It's a little wiry kid going up against the big guy. Anything can happen in Parking Lot Sumo Club. And then anything did happen in Parking Lot Sumo Club. My big friend sets up in his football stance and he goes at it. And my little friend whips out a switchblade and pointed it at the big guy who just went and jumped out of the ring because dude brought a knife to a sumo fight. (laughs) Um, And then once you get to the place wherever you were going, you all had a secret little meeting and you kicked him out. No, we thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> you probably could have taken him, dude. He's like, yeah, but what if I didn't? He had a knife. It's not worth it to sit in the front seat of the car. No, it's not. 
Truly, you are the biggest and the wisest of us. We're having fun. This is a dumb sumo thing that we're doing. Oh, who gets the front seat? And then he has to whip out a knife. And it's like, well, nobody beats knife. I'm sorry. We're all playing rock, paper, scissors. You put out a knife. And we can't win. So you get front seat all the time. Until you all start bringing knives. And that's just a knife fight. <laughs> then we become parking lot knife fight club. <laughs> oh, that's why I didn't do extracurriculars in high school. We had all just seen The Untouchables. We're like, well, he brought a knife, so now one of us has to bring a gun. And then Columbine happened, and we didn't. (laughs) Dude, Columbine changed a lot of things for our generation. Oh, yeah. There was a quiet kid that everybody made fun of that always wore a trench coat. And he kept wearing a trench coat after Columbine happened. And I remember sitting there with my friends at lunch, like we always would do. And he, you know, walked by and somebody else made fun of him. It wasn't us, but somebody else made fun of him. And we laughed because that's what you did uh, as terrible high school kids. And uh, the vice principal walked over and he was just like, you guys better watch it. If you're not careful, he's going to do one of those columbines on us. (laughs) And I did my walk around with my hands in the air moment. I was like, good (laughs) Lord. (laughs) <laughs> you better not make fun of that kid he might do a columbine <laughs> voice is a little more Ross Perot-ish but uh he might do a columbine <laughs> exactly I didn't want the funny part to be his voice but <laughs> to be what he said so that'll do it for this episode boy I sure did ruin that if you still need more head on over to twitter I am at Idahobo and Jason is at the Jason Ziggler We also do a webcomics review podcast called Digital Strips. 